Hey everyone, David James Young here. You are tuned into all my friends are in bar bands for the final time in 2018. We have a really, really great episode for you today. It's with LA punk band The Bronx. Uh, well, I mean, I say LA, but at this point they are honorary Australians. I mean, they've been coming here almost every year for almost 15 years now. And it uh, doesn't look like that's going to be changing any time soon. Uh, crowds absolutely love them here, myself included. It's very easy to see why they're so popular. They put on this killer live show. It always feels like a massive party whenever they hit the stage. So it was really cool to speak with Matt and Joby, who are the singer and one of the guitarists in the band, respectively, before they played at the Metro back in October. That was with friends of the show High Tension and hopeful future guests of the show Private Function. My door is always open, boys. You know where to get me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Matt and Joby were super great guys to chat to. And I'm stoked that we are sending out the year this way. want to give a massive thanks to Kat over at Cooking Vinyl. And once again, the invincible Boo Johnston for making this happen. Massively, massively appreciated. Great way to send out the year 2018. Uh, we did 24 new episodes of Bar Bands this year, 27 if you count uh, the extra bonus episodes, uh, and that included some episodes I'm really, really proud of in the entire canon of this podcast. I'm hoping to find a bit more time in 2019, Jesus, it's it's coming up so quick, I'm, I'm, not get, I'm not used to it yet. But yeah, I am hoping to find some more time in 2019 to be as productive as possible with the podcast. Uh, it can be really, really frustrating at times trying to get this all done. You know, we're a completely independent, one-person podcast. But uh, I get a lot out of the work I get to do with this podcast. And I really, really appreciate all of the support out there for it. I mean, think about it. Through simply reaching out and asking, I got to have Gareth Lydiard talk to me about his entire career. I brought together Thelma Plum and Jay Wally and Murray Cook to share stories from their completely different, but at times eerily similar lives as musicians and performers. And I even got to talk about Australian Idol with Rob Mills, which was pretty sick. I'm very, very thankful to all the artists and their PR people and the management that have assisted in bringing all of these people to the podcast. So first and foremost, I want to give a big thank you to them before we see out 2018 for good. I also want to extend a really massive thank you to Adam Buncher, who's one of the hosts and uh, the producer of my other podcast, uh, Hottest 100s and Thousands. Adam has helped out a lot with the uh, audio fine-tuning this year, where my own skills just couldn't cut it, and he's been a particularly big help the last year or two in particular, and uh, I really, really appreciate that a lot, so thank you, Adam. Also want to send out a huge shout-out to some of the other great Australian podcasts that I love. So shout-out to The Simpsons Index, Don't You Know Who I Am, Neighbours, Into the Minds of Madness, Key Change, The Math of You, and Total Reboot. You all keep me company in one way or another, and you inspire me when I'm doing my own shit. So if you don't already listen to those podcasts, I strongly recommend that you do. I uh, also want to extend my sincerest love and respect to Tim Crisp and his podcast, Better Yet, and Postmarkdom. Better Yet hit 100 episodes this year, same as me, uh, and we've had a lot of the same guests on, so 
I guess I see what he's doing over in the States as like a US version of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. Or maybe I'm the Australian version of Better Yet. Either way, want to send a massive thank you to Tim as well. Lastly, uh, I want to give a really sincere thank you to everyone that makes up the listenership of this show. If you've just downloaded a couple of episodes, or if you've heard every single one, if you've emailed me or messaged me about the show, if you came to the live episode back in April, if you've recommended the podcast to anyone, if you support the podcast on Patreon, whatever uh, involvement level that you have with this podcast, I cannot thank you enough I mean, the last two years of this podcast have been really, really hard for me, and I've considered shutting everything down more than a couple of times, but uh, getting your feedback and seeing your support means more than I could put into words. Uh, just on the note of the Patreon, I, I want to kind of just be a bit blunt about where that's at. Um, as of December 2018, we have 17 active patrons. Uh, along with several that have had their old cards declined and never updated with the new ones. It's uh, all up, it's less than $100 US. And while I do appreciate every single dollar, I am currently weighing up whether to shut it down entirely. I, I know I don't have the same profile as someone like Josh Earl, who has about 100 patrons currently, or the insane reach of Dum Dum Club, which has, like nearly 700 patrons, but I don't know, for the effort I go into in order to plug the Patreon and invite people to be involved with it, I it feels like it's just being ignored, and, like, that's no fault of anyone's. Like, I understand the situations that people are in, but, yeah, I'm considering, uh, yeah, shutting down the Patreon entirely, and I would really appreciate any and all correspondence from... Uh, past and present patrons. Uh, like, I'd like to know what you'd like to get out of financially supporting the podcast and what more I can do as incentive if the Patreon does continue into 2019. I'd uh, really, really appreciate your thoughts if you have any, particularly if maybe you've wanted to support the podcast but never have in this way, like what might have been stopping you in one way or another, anything that uh, can guide me into what we do with the Patreon going ahead would be massively massively appreciated. Before all of that, though, I do want to give a huge thank you to the patrons that have stuck around, so a huge thank you to Amy Gray, Blake Hennequin, Chris Bowden, Eleanor Shepard, Elliot J. O'Neill, Hazel Chan, Heath Anthony, Jeremy Neal, Jonathan Elvery, Leslie Bowden, Liam Sherlaw, Matthew Lynch, Nick McCorriston, Sian Venacuti, Tanya Taylor, and Zoe Lane. Uh, thank you for listening to all of this. Uh, I know it's a lot, but I felt like I could should just kind of be honest about where Barbands is headed into 2019. Uh, if you want to get in touch regarding sponsorship or potential guests, or again, indeed, feedback of any kind, barbandspod at gmail.com. That's B-A-R-B-A-N-D-S-P-O-D at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter and Facebook at barbandspod. And you can also visit all my friends are in barbands.com. Thank you again so, 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 so much. I do apologize for the length of this, but, uh, you know, I did offer an exact point as to where this kicks off in earnest in the show notes. So if you didn't see that, then that's on you, buddy. <laughs> this is The Bronx. I'm David Jemjong. All my friends are in barbands. Shane Collins forever.
everyone, I'm David James Young, and all my friends are in Valdance today. I'd like to introduce you to my friends, the Bronx. What's happening, everybody out there? Hello. Oh, please. yeah, what's up, what's up, what's up? Please introduce yourselves. My name is Matt, and I sing for the Bronx. My name is Joby, and I play guitar in the Bronx. It is Thursday afternoon. It's still afternoon. Uh, the night is young. Uh, we are at the Metro Theatre in Sydney, where the Bronx are playing for... I think this is the third time you guys have played here? Third time, I believe so. I know we've done it, uh, it is. with, it's with Bronx right? and El Bronx. Yeah, and then, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the second time as the Bronx. Mm -hmm. yeah. Third time overall. Yeah. Excellent. And gosh, I can't even count the times you guys have been here. <laughs> it, it seems to be an annual thing now. Yeah, we're working on it. You know, we love coming over here. It's just a great place to play music. We got a lot of friends over here. And, you know, it's a beautiful place. So, you know, why not? Totally, totally. It was actually uh, two tours ago, I think. So before, you, you came out last year, yeah? Yeah, well, Did, uh, last, year, yeah last year we came out to support Pennywise. Yeah, so the time before that was, uh, I met you briefly uh, when the Bronx opened for Violent Soho. Yes. Uh, yes. At the River Stage. Yes. Yeah. You know those massive turrets up on the uh, other side of the River yeah. Stage where you kind of look down and watch everything yep. from there? Uh -huh. We were both watching from there. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great, great spot to see it all. Oh yeah, it's incredible. The place is huge. Yeah. How how was that tour for you guys? Like, uh, must have been an interesting kind of was, change of perspective, going awesome. from you know the usual club stuff to you know kind of those much bigger. Yeah, yeah. Rooms. We you know have known Violent So for years. I think yeah. probably about ten years ago they came, and when they were just little kids, they came and gave us their demo. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> And it was great. Mm. We just kind of kept up with them, and then we took them on a tour of the U.S. And then years and years ago, and then um, obviously they've gone on to become a massive band over here. And, and uh, it, it, I couldn't, you know, they're a good band and good people. And it's like I'm just, we're we're so happy for them. You know, oh, it's yeah. great to see them grow over the years. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Okay, so I begin these by tracing back the initial interest in music, specifically where it changed from being something where maybe you're watching stuff on TV or listening to it on the radio, etc., to being something where you clicked and you realized, oh, I want to, you know, sing or play guitar or be in a band. I want, I want to be a musician, one way or another. Um, Matt, we'll start with you. Tell us about uh, about how music kind of factored into your upbringing, and if there was any kind of moment where you saw something, it's like that's what I want to do. Uh, well, you know, I've, I've always, music's really been, uh, you know, kind of the, uh, the center of my gravitational pull. Mm. Uh, you know, it's like I, I grew up just, you know, on my sister's record collection and, you know, music was the only really thing that, uh, that kind of clicked with me, you know, but it was yeah. never, uh, it was always just listening to music. It was never, I, I never really had any desire to pick up a guitar or, yeah. or do anything like that. I just, I would just listen to music just constantly. And, you know, I grew up listening to, to metal and, and glam rock and all that stuff. And, and I think, uh, you know, where it kind of clicked to me was just, you know, discovering punk rock, you know, in, in junior high and, and going into high school was the first kind of thing I felt that uh, like a, an immediate connection to yeah you know like heavy metal was always kind of unattainable it was always kind of a fantasy world you know yeah, it was like yeah. listening to like Dio and stuff like that you know it's like you can't really it wasn't really something that you could like apply to your own life yeah <laughs> you know what I mean totally. yeah, yeah. but uh but you know but but punk was and, and that was kind of the, the the first thing that you know so i that's when i really started going to shows you know and, and that's kind of where 
it kind of doubled down for me because I, I you know, I, I felt the energy, you know, and and, and the community and, and what people were doing and, and just uh, you know there was a lot of a lot of people like me, just kind of going through life and and you know whether or not they were connected in anything else, this is what we all had in common. And and I love that. I you know that was like that 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 got me high for for years, man. Mm. And then it was like basically I just I had friends who were in bands and you know they didn't like their singer and they kicked him out and I couldn't play an instrument so they handed me a microphone, you know. And, That's it. And, but I, but you know that was it and it was I, I loved it. But to be honest, the switch never really flipped for me until like <clears throat> I mean probably like around Bronx too. To be honest with you, really because. I was still in a constant state of no way this is going to last. Right. No way, like, <clears throat> I'm going to actually do this for a living. There's no way. Like, I just, I just did, I was so, uh, I had such a low self-esteem with myself and I just, I couldn't, I was just, life was just kind of, I don't know, I just, I, I was loving it, but at the same time I was expecting it to fucking end in any second, any moment. Right. You know, and I, I think, you know, in recording Bronx 2, it was the first time I really had to dig in and 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 really like apply myself to to music. Sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah. more than just you know being whatever. You know, just it's like I had to like to, to to find another gear, to find another level, and to really learn and appreciate it, and and to dive in and to like actually in, like become a singer. You know what I mean? And that's where everything switched for me. That's where everything switched for me. That's where I really fell in love with singing. I embraced uh, you know the role. Of, of, of you know being a singer in this band and 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 like doing the best I can you know because we all work very hard so it's like you know you have to get to that point everyone has to arrive at that point on their own yeah and for me it was it was the process of making that record that kind of really um, you know went from being just something that I thought was going to end to something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life yeah right what about you Trevi? uh Pretty much 100% the opposite. Yeah, yeah right? really, sure. Right. Uh, I my musical upbringing, I guess, started. There was just a lot of music around in my family, and everybody played. And, and uh, I have uh, an older brother and a younger sister. Yeah. And my my parents required all of us to study piano right. plus yeah. plus another instrument. So. I studied classical piano for about eight years, nine years. Uh-huh. I studied the cello for a couple of years. Right. And probably right around the time when Matt, like, when, when you grow up in, <clears throat> like, that's kind of your musical world. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, when I heard aggressive music, you know, that really just, and it just kind of, it was exciting to me, you know, sure, and it sounded yeah. crazy, and it just sounded, it didn't sound like, you know, all the classical composers that I was listening to, and then, you know, I just, a, a friend of mine had a guitar, and he showed me a couple chords, and, mm. you know, it's like I heard Black Flag, and I was like, man, I, I think I could do that, you know, and I just, and, and that was it, I just started applying myself to any instrument I could get my hands on, Yeah, and it was like I wanted to learn how to play everything, I still sure. do, I still, yeah. you know. And, you know, it kind of became just, I don't know if I want to say therapeutic, but something that, you know, is, is 
you know, it's just a dis. I don't know how to explain it. It's just my mind just kind of. It really helps with the, all the yeah. everything. Yeah, of course. And you know, it just became something. And I think with Matt too, it was never really something that playing music was was always something that I just kind of did. It wasn't like being in a band. It's still for sure. You know, yeah, you know, I don't. I don't really know. I feel so lucky to to be able to play with you know my friends and yeah. all you know throughout the what, 16 years as a band. Yeah. I'm still baffled that you know people come and see us play. It's, it's yeah. like the greatest thing ever. To me, music is kind of like an ongoing. I don't know. It's like a library. I, like I want yeah. I want to read every book. You yeah, know? totally. Of course. And I. You know, I try to listen to anything, anything I can get my hands on, whether it's, yeah. you know, punk to world music, I guess, and, and it all kind of excites me in a different, different ways, and it's, it's, it's hard to explain the connection to sound, I think, yeah. but it's, it's, you know, sound, sounds make a lot more sense than, like, people. Yeah, totally. To me. <laughs> That's a weird way to put it. But. No, no I, I, I've been there, I know what you mean, man. Did you both grow up together like in the same sort of area or no i was i was friends with matt's older brother and i was in some schleppy indie rock band called jack ruby right and uh, you know the guy that shot the guy that shot the guy that uh, yes, yes, kennedy yeah <laughs> um but he uh he would always tell me you gotta go see my brother my little brother's band they're called brotherhood of death and they're crazy <laughs> and i was like yeah right we're cool you know and so um, I went and saw Matt's band play at a place out at Huntington Beach called the Liquid Den. Um, me and our, you know, because I wanted to start a band, and and uh, it, it just be blew me away, like as a front man and as a singer. And I was like, man, I really want to be in a band with that guy. Yeah, right. Like, and you know, here we are. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Twenty years later. <laughs> are you both LA originally? No, he is. Oh. I'm not. Oh, so where are you from? I grew up in Colorado. I moved to L.A. when I was 19. Right, so, okay. Um, Whereabouts in Colorado? A place called Grand Junction. It's on the western slope. Kind of closer to Utah. Right. So I can imagine that would have a very different music scene to that of L.A.'s, if yeah, any. You know what? It was. <clears throat> but it also, I think, there was a lot of blues musicians and there was a lot of like western music there was there was a small punk scene right but in in those days punk shows were donation based like you would bring cans of food to, yeah. to help out the homeless it wasn't you bought tapes at this the skate shop it wasn't yeah. like no you couldn't it just wasn't what it is yeah <clears throat> nowadays you know or a lot of it was mail order we got most of our records through like thrasher magazine and oh, things yeah, like that right. And skate rock comps were a big thing back then. I, I know this no. probably dates me, but <laughs> that's you know, fine, man. That's Thrasher okay. had the. Uh, they're still great. Like you get like Di, JFA, yeah. Dri, like all the bands that played faster stuff, and that was kind of you know our little window into kind of what was happening out on the like the West Coast hardcore scene, and yeah. stuff like that. Meanwhile, out on the West Coast, Matt, you're growing up there, like yeah. kind of. Are you, are you like in the heart of LA or like in like the suburbs? Uh, or East where are you? LA, East LA, yeah, just a, a little city called Pico Rivera, right. um, and uh, yeah, I mean it was uh, it was awesome, man. I mean I love Los Angeles, you know. I mean it's hmm. it's, it's it's a it's it's home. It's it's a beautiful place. 
you know. Um, and growing up there was uh, was crazy for sure, you know. And 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 going to shows there uh, was was crazy as well, you know. I mean, it was it was super violent, you know. I didn't really get a, I didn't I I was. I missed the first wave of punk. I, you know, I, I was just a little bit too young. But yeah. I, I came in on the second wave and, uh, and you know, caught just kind of the tail end of, uh, you know, the skinhead epidemic oh, uh, on, the, on the West Coast. And it was, uh, it was pretty gnarly. It was pretty gnarly. But at the same time, uh, you know, it was at that time everything that punk was supposed to be. It was dangerous. It was raw. It was chaotic. It was crazy. Yeah, and and I I you know I dug it. <clears throat> you know I I, I I dug it. So you know it's uh it's something that you know with the Bronx that we always try to we always try to stay tapped into that that, that raw that raw sound that raw energy. Yeah. You know because it's just uh, it, it's where the action is, man. Mm, totally. When was the first time that you performed live individually before the Bronx before anything? Uh, I remember. I don't think you do. <laughs> Wait, remember Huntington Beach? Oh, well, we performed together. Yeah, we did. We, we, we was that the first Bronx show? Yeah. Or? Oh, no, no, no. no. Was that Huntington Bar. Beach? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. I don't remember that one. Yeah, we sang, we sang "Hot for Teacher" by Van Halen. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah! yeah. yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, the first time Matt and I ever performed together, I was in this band called Let Down. And the singer, well, you know, he just he couldn't sing really. Right. And but so we, we talked about getting a new singer and you know, and I, I was like, I know this guy, you know, and he's really great. So he came up and sang a couple songs. Yeah. I, re- I remember this to this day. We were playing Chain Reaction down in uh, Anaheim. Oh, Anaheim, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and. Singer did most of the set. I think Matt did two songs, and he comes up on the mic, and he goes to the crowd. He goes, "Anybody order a large pizza?" <laughs> and he starts singing. And I was, do you remember that? I do. I forgot about that, but I remember it now. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, what about before that? Like, uh, do you remember the first time you played with a band? I with a band. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. My first concert was, I think it was in my Schleppy indie rock band, Jack Ruby. I think we played like the, the school cafeteria or something. Yeah. How old huh. were you? 19, maybe. Classic. 19, 19, <laughs> something like that. Matt, what about you? Uh, I rem- yeah, I remember it well, actually. It was uh, for this high school band, Pocket Full of Lint. Nice, uh, nice. Yeah, which my uh, my buddies were in. My buddies Dion and Rudy, and uh, and yeah, and they had a. They were you know I went to Christian high school, so it oh, was okay. like they were they were technically a Christian band, and the guitar player Rudy and I ended up getting kicked out because we weren't you know we weren't <laughs> we weren't down with the program. Yeah, right. Uh, but I remember the first show. Uh, it was this. It was the massive hall in Whittier, uh, and there was a ton of people there. It was probably like you know five, six hundred people there. Mm. And I got up to sing with this band, uh, and I was terrified, uh, yeah. absolutely terrified. But we pulled it off. Like my mom was there, you know. It was like a whole thing because it was kind of like it wasn't like a show show because it was like a <clears throat> it was like a you know Christian thing. So it wasn't really. You know, it wasn't. It was like a concert, but it wasn't really like you know. It wasn't like it was going off or anything yeah, sure. like that. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I remember I was absolutely terrified. But then when it was done, 
uh, I remember just just being super happy, you know, super happy totally. and, and just super uh, super proud, super stoked, and just super uh, energized, like just ready for more, you know. Hell yeah, absolutely. Okay, give us a quick uh, highlight reel uh, or low light reel, depending on who you are, of uh, bands you guys were doing before the Bronx. Joby mentioned Jack Ruby. What else was uh, going let's see. on? <clears throat> I was in. Uh in a band called Jack Ruby. Uh-huh. I was in a band called Let Down. Matt and I started a band before the Bronx called The Drips. Okay. And then I guess we went to the Bronx, then Mariachi El Bronx, then Pounded by the Surf. I think that's it. Do I have any yeah. other bands? Yeah, I think that's, that's it. it. I got I got the pocket full of lint, which later changed to PFI for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know what that was about. Uh, and then, uh, oh, bro- I was in Brotherhood of Death. Brother- like yeah, Jubby yeah, yeah, was yeah. in Brotherhood of Death. Oh, Brotherhood sick. of Death was our was our like our high school band. And uh, you know, I, I, when I look back on it, it's so funny. Like I can't like we we had like a song called like Bitch Ass Ho. Yeah. And, like just I mean the lyrics were just out. The, they were terrible. The name the name of your the name of your album was Champions of Retardedness. Yeah. yeah. Or Champions yeah. of Retardation. Yeah, Champions of Retardedness. And we had like taken yeah, I don't I shouldn't even say it out loud yeah. just because it's just in two thousand eighteen it's just not cool oh, anymore. No, yeah. But uh but but yeah, it was uh you know, we were like the classic just like you know, slapstick, like, you know, like, it was, like we loved, like, bands like Guttermouth and stuff like that, sure. you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that, yeah. that should give you enough of a direction as to what we sounded like and what we were doing. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, so there was Brotherhood, and then, and then you know, Joby and, and myself and Dave and Vincent started the Drips, and, uh, and then Bronx shortly after that, and then when once Bronx happened, the energy was just there, and it all just took off, you know? What was what was the drips like in comparison to the Bronx? Like, is there a, kind of like a through line there, or was it? I don't. It, I don't know. I mean, it was just the drips is like a, it's kind of like a. It, it's weird. We've been making music with a lot of the same people. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. throughout our like our yeah. musical career, mm. um, it, it it feels like an evolution. I mean, I remember those days yeah. of. You know, coming home from work and just plunking around on a guitar and just yeah. writing songs. And I don't, like any of these bands, we never, it was just something we did for fun. Yeah. You know, we never really. Yeah. I think our goal with the Drips was to put out a single on uh, Hostage Records. Yeah. Like, and which we did. And that was like. See? Yeah. Goal achieved. <laughs> yeah. Goal. Next. No, the Drips is cool. Drips is like kind of like just like Beach City punk stuff. You know, it's way more just kind of grooving. You know, the Bronx, yeah, yeah, is, yeah. the Bronx is way more aggressive and abrasive. Right. You know, but. Uh, Velvet Hammer versus Jackhammer. Yeah, Ooh. exactly. Nice, nice. Yeah. We so, just we just yeah. reissued the original ver- uh, drips full length on vinyl. Just kind of came out. Oh, so. that's it. Nice, awesome. It's, I'm sure it's on the internet. So yeah. <laughs> it'll be there somewhere. It's, it's, it's a really good record. It's a good record. Nice, nice. So, what was the first show as the Bronx? Uh, we played. Um, it, there, there was this bar that I guess if we. If we had a local, <laughs> yeah, which means there was uh, a friend of ours used to give us free drinks. Is pretty, yeah, pretty yeah. yeah. It was a place called Three Clubs on Santa Monica and Vine in Hollywood, and um, it's kind of unless you've been there, which I'm sure no one that's going to listen to this has ever been there. <laughs> but it's it's kind of it's separated. 
it, it's kind of a, it's a bar that has a long hallway that the bar kind of runs parallel against. So there's a door that goes into the bigger room, mm. and we played in the doorway, and I think we played five songs, yeah. and Matt somehow it was just the place just we broke everything. And you couldn't really see anything, and somehow Matt ended up getting—I think it was the drum, the kick drum. The high—I think it was the hi hat. The hi hat stand stabbed me in the ass. Ooh! <clears throat> I mean, it wasn't like—you know—it wasn't full <laughs> wedged in there. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't fully up there. But I got, I got a good—I got a little tiny scar from Ooh. it. You know? Yeah, a little tiny scar from it, but yeah, it was if you if you set up a band in like an emergent like an emergency exit, yeah. like that's basically what it was, you know. Yeah, and it was uh, it, it was insane though, but it was uh, it was so much fun. Uh, Amazing. Yeah, and that kind of kicked it all off from there. What was the first tour like? Uh, did were you guys kind of like booked for like a support thing, or were you kind of like DIYing it up and down the coast? We, like, what were we doing? We had two two kind of tours. Uh, the first. The first tour we ever kind of really did up the West Coast was with Rocket from the Crypt. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the Spits. Yep. That mm-hmm. was the tour that we we did that. And then after that, we did the rest of the United States with Circle Jerks and GBH. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Which was, we had ne- none of us had ever been to, like, the East Coast or yeah. any of those places. And it was... I just remember being just like a wide-eyed kid, you know, we're in the van, just like... Yeah, it was crazy. I'd never, you know, seen any... It was just, it was... America's huge, you know? Yeah, sure. And even though we're from there, it's like we've, you know, seen the whole thing for the first time. Yeah, yeah. It was really exciting, you know, we had a little van and, you know, just the four of us and I think we had a... We took out like Tackleberry, right? We had a, yeah, had a, yeah. had a merch guy. Oh my god! Yeah, so, you know, friends just playing music every night, partying every night. It was so much fun. It was it was a pre, it was an adventure. Yeah, Christ! All under the watchful eye of Keith Morris as well. Oh, no yeah. pressure. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like he's intimidating now. I can't imagine what he'd been like back then. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, you know, it was cool. Like I mean, those like. You know, you learn how to survive in those, yeah. those kind of situations, and you watch how other bands do it. Mm. You know, you, you learn a lot, you know, yeah. and stuff that we still probably, you know, do today are things I've learned from, you know, yeah. road veterans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be long after that that the first Australian tour happens, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, I think that happened sometime yeah. around 2004. Yeah, um, which is obviously documented yeah. on DVD history. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And coming right. over here for the first time, that was life-changing, you know? I mean, it was like... We, I mean, we... Uh, that, we I remember thinking when we first started playing music, and I and I'm really honest. I think I think I'm right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we had our drummer at the time, Jorma. Had a yeah. friend down here in Australia, right? Luke, yeah. That was going to bring a band down. I don't need. Somehow we made a demo to see because if we could go to another country and play music, like we we quit. Like oh, it, yeah. it couldn't. That's just the holy grail to me. Yeah, you know, and the fact that we've done it over and over and over and over and over is it's hilarious. But at at that time, I, that was like all of our dreams was just to yeah. go to another country. Christ, and I can only imagine. Play music, you know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, coming over here, it was. Uh, 
it was insane. I, I, you know, our first ever sold out show was in Australia. Uh, and that was uh, Annadale, and then you know we first first city we played over here was Brisbane uh, at the zoo, and uh, yeah, I mean it was it was it was it was love at first sight coming over here. You know, it's just, it's always been a place that we they've understood the Bronx from the get go, and yeah, and we've always had the best times over here. You yeah. know. Do you, do you, like, it's that classic trope, you know, when you start again in bands of, like, having this idea of, like, having made it or whatever, like, it, like uh, you know, and that can be anything, whether it's a, a sold-out show or, like, getting a charting album or, you know, having your music played on the radio or TV or anything like that, like, uh, was there anything that happened, like, in those first few years of the Bronx where that maybe like something that you were thinking of as a as a teenager, you know, kind of being like idealistic about what might happen if you're in a rock band. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly on a nightly basis. That was, sure, yeah, <laughs> that was happening. Still, uh, you know, it's yeah. like you know the 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 Circle Jerks tour was a big one for for all of us, just because sure. that was like, I mean, we were playing with Circle Jerks and GBH every night, and that mm. was like. You know, that was insane, you know, and totally. it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and touring across the states, and then, you know, just even doing, like, all the stuff for the first time that now you look at, and you're like, I don't want to do that. Like, it's like, stuff like South by Southwest, and all yeah. these festivals and stuff, and, and, and conferences that go on in, in the music industry. I mean, we were rolling into those things. I mean, it, it was just pure chaos. We were rolling in just filthy, drunk, fucking high, just loud, hammered, playing music, and just crushing it, and we were we were in, a, we were out of control, but we were in control enough to fucking to still be able to pretty much put the music first. Yeah, <laughs> just by a hair. Just, just by, yeah. just by a hair, <clears throat> just by a hair. Yeah, you yeah. know, and and that 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 kept things you know kept things moving forward. But you know, it was like it, honestly, everything in those early days was so insane, and and. You know, it was, it was a big one for us. It was the first time we got asked to do Reading Leeds oh, wow, uh, yeah. over in England. That was massive. Yeah. You know, we were like, whoa, you know, like mm. what? You know, and stuff like that, you know. So, uh, you know, it, it's been it's been crazy, man. It's been a, it's been a wild, uh, wild career so far, you know. Totally. We're super stoked. Is there is there anything for you that kind of springs to mind, Jeffy? Being on TV. Like, yeah, That of was course, kind yeah. of, not that that means anything, but sure. one, of, one of the greatest I think moments of, of being in this band is when we played David Letterman. Oh, and sure. All of our parents came in, and, and oh, it was kind amazing. of like, yeah. I think that was kind of the, <laughs> you know, ah, oh, maybe my kid is doing something. <laughs> yeah. You know, not that you know, because it doesn't matter. I mean, but oh it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But I think, I think, you know, you show parents, them every sold out tour. But if you get a photo with Letterman, then yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think you know your parents kind of grew up on a TV generation sort yeah. of thing, and it kind of, I think it holds a little bit more weight for them. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was cool. Like, yeah, I, of course, man. I of think course. it was, it was, uh, you know, my dad. You know, my dad saw the Beatles. You know, like yeah. that's where the, that came, and he was like, "Are you?" He's like, I can't believe my and son's playing yeah. the same stage. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. All of our parents were hanging out. Yeah, there. it was a really, it was, it was, uh, it was a pretty magical time. Unreal, unreal. By means like purely, you know, by coincidence, like you two are the kind of through line throughout the history of the Bronx. Like you guys are the sole remaining people that have kind of seen this band through every lineup change and every incarnation and every album, etc., etc. And like, I'm curious as to like what has kind of 
kept this band going for you guys? Like, do you feel like the motivation to, you know, continue being active and, and touring as much as you guys are is kind of the same as it was when the Bronx was first starting out? I mean, at, at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't want to speak for Matt, but, you know, I like making music with him, you mm. know, and it's like we've made a lot of it together over the years. Yeah. I'm trying to get rid of him. The creative, you know, you can't say enough about the creative side of it too, because we all have stuff going on in our own lives, and, yeah. and the Bronx is an outlet for all of that. You know, we can all come together and we can create something together, and kind of push our energy through that. And it's something that, um, in that respect, I hope it never goes away. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I can't. You know, it's like that. We're so lucky to have a you know, creative outlet like that, and you know, have music in our lives to be able to kind of push all of life's ups and downs through. You know, and we have friendships, you know, beyond that that are, you know, deeper than anything, you know, that, that, that I've, you know, encountered in my life. You know, it's like Joby and I have been through so much together. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just ridiculous, you know, and the rest of the guys too. So it's something that's really, uh, you know, it's, it's just kind of, it's in the DNA at this point, you know. It's yeah. just like, it's just, it's just who we are and, and it's like we're fortunate that we... We're fortunate that we still love it, you know, yeah. because it's like we, we've seen we've seen some dysfunctional families out there on the road. Yeah, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think it's too. It's 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 learning how to, you know, just like coexist too. Yeah, you know, le le you know, realizing that, I, you know, to me, it, it, it takes a band. It doesn't take a person. It takes yeah. a band. Yeah. Super early on in the band's career, uh, we just gotten signed to uh, Island Def Jam. We were playing the House of Blues in Orange County. Yeah. And uh, our old bass, our old uh, drummer Jorma, had a friend that had just passed away, and I it was it was kind of like just super. It was just a super, just sad and also kind of just like important show, you know. And and uh, and at that time, I was still, you know, I, I like I was saying earlier, just about like only coming around on like Bronx too. I was still in that kind of like high school band mentality, you know, and these guys were, they, they were always just a little bit, took things more serious than I did, you know, yeah. and uh, I, the first time I, I, I ever really, you know, really got slapped in the face like that, you know, by music and just by, you know, being like, not being there for my dudes was, was that night, I, I, you know, I, I was, I was, I don't know what I was doing. I was, I was, uh, I don't. I wasn't like out of my mind on drugs, but I was elsewhere. I was super late to the show, 
And, uh, you know, I ended up getting, you know, and these, I got to the show literally probably like a half an hour before we played, you know what I mean? The band's freaking out, like, where the hell is this ding dong? And we get there and we go to play and everyone's discombobulated and I just wreck it. I can't sing at all. My voice is just shredded. And, uh, you know, it was just a huge bummer and it was pretty much, you know, all on me. And uh, I just remember getting off the stage and just, feeling absolutely terrible just like because there's there's having bad shows and there's like letting your guys down you know what i mean yeah, and it was yeah, like yeah. it was like double that and then our our a uh, and r guy uh rob stevenson is a classic he comes up to us after the show and he goes well at least now i can say i've seen your worst show yeah 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 it was it was it was pretty bad man it, it was it was pretty bad you know and I'll, I'll never forget it i mean you're not supposed to forget things like that you want to you know you got to learn from moments like that and and you know i i think i did for sure um, but honestly, best show, you know, there's there's uh, probably, you know, a hundred or two after that that would qualify. I mean, there's been there's been some real amazing moments between the Bronx and El Bronx, um, you know, that have that have all been super, super special. Um, trying to think of one is almost impossible. Yeah. <laughs> what's, uh, the, what's the first one that comes to mind? The I, very first thing where it's just like, there, that there you was, are. That was awesome. I, I don't... I, I don't know. I think I don't know. I think getting like played a show and then getting a record deal, I thought was oh, kind sure. of like yeah, that kind of blew my mind because mm. we had been playing music for probably ten years to no one. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, people wanted to put our records out. That that I, I still have a hard time swallowing that. One of the yeah. last I just thought of one. One of the last super badass shows we played. Uh, was at Hellfest in France. Oh, nice. Um, that show was, because that's, that's a really cool festival, you know. It's like, it's curated well. They, they own the land and they turn it into like this crazy, yeah, a, like, nice crazy, like, you know, just playground for all things like, you know, punk, metal, hardcore. And it's just run really cool. And it's in France, you know, and France mm. is dope, you know. So, Hell yeah. But this, they had this whole area called the War Zone. <laughs> and it was, it was, designed like a post-apocalyptic like prison they had like guard towers and all this stuff yeah right and they can fit you know probably somewhere between like six eight thousand people in this open little area yeah wow and uh it was just rammed to the gills and uh we were in the middle of a european tour we were playing lights out we were on fire and we came into that show that day and we just leveled the place and everything was just everyone was going off and it was just it was just one you know one for the books for sure yeah, yeah, it was it was a really really good time. <laughs> Jeremy, can you think of any uh, particular tragedies of uh, uh, the uh, band? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I start. Um, you know, actually, I think one of the speaking of letting your guys down. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I got it, it was a few years ago. We were playing actually down here in Canberra, and I just did something to my back and I couldn't move I, I kind of was like paralyzed and I and it was just a weird night it was a weird night and and uh I was on for about the next week or two weeks I was on some pretty heavy heavy duty fucking painkillers pain and, and I just really wasn't playing the right songs I was starting <laughs> stuff all over the place I think at one point I had a sheet over my head <laughs> oh my god I was in a wheelchair like it was just you know I'm not to, <laughs> that's why I get a second guitarist man yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
to the to the youngsters out there. Uh, drugs are bad, <laughs> <laughs> especially painkillers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. a great moral. Yeah. Uh, the most recent Bronx album is V or Brevinx, depending yeah. on who you <laughs> ask. Uh, it is out now. It will be out still by the time you hear this. Yeah. Uh, what What's the plan for the future is there any new stuff on yeah, the horizon yeah more music on the way we're going to make another Bronx record at some point we're going to start you know at some point next year we're going to start uh, bringing El Bronx back to play some shows and Hell yeah. start lining that up for another you know a big return record somewhere down the line but uh, it's going to be pretty you know Bronx Bronx heavy for the next year or so alright party on well Matt Jerby thank you both so much for your time very thank much you. appreciate thank it thank you for your time right on brother thank you I'm David Kingdom and I'll take Brian and Bob.